Juggling motherhood and modern day life can be stressful and relentless, but it doesn't need to be this way. The Joy of Being podcast is the answer to maternal mental health, bringing sustainable relief and calm to hardworking mums everywhere so that you your family and work can thrive. My name's Marina Pearson and I'm your host, transformational coach and mum who loves to interview business owners, transformational professionals and creatives to have insightful conversations about what it takes to really live a life that is thriving, fulfilling and full of joy. So this week I wanted to share that I'm launching an amazing course called Manifesting Miracles 2020, the beautiful Ian Watson. After realizing that manifesting was a really hot topic from the amount of downloads that we got from how to manifest anything that you want on this series, we decided to club together and use our 34 years of experience to create a six-week on-live course for you to create one thing that you want to bring into your life. So anything from relationship to money to client, anything that you have thought to be totally impossible to create in your life, then we're going to give you the space to be able to do that. Now, who's it for? Well, it's for you if you've been striving and struggling to make that one thing happen. We're also going to get you clarity on what that is for you. Plus, by the end of the course, you would have manifested something of your heart's desires that you might have thought that was totally and utterly bonkers crazy that you never thought you'd be able to do so if this sounds like something that you're interested in and even you know if you've read my book you'll know that there's a chapter dedicated towards this and you want to be able to manifest and make 2020 that miraculous year for you then join me and ian if that sounds like something you want to be part of then email me at marina at marinapearson.com putting subject line manifesting miracles and then in the body just ask me for more info and we'll take it from there hope to see you soon bye-bye for now so on today's show i have the beautiful wendy griffiths i met wendy at a mom's unlimited event where i was speaking and we immediately connected i loved her energy i loved what she was up to and she used to work in marketing in london but now she has an arbonne business uh, where she is the actual area manager and uh, you know she said to me that she would never dreamed of actually having a network marketing business but she's managed to make it work for her so she now fits it in around her family and does very well from it so I got curious about that but I also got curious about her journey of health and as this podcast is all about the joy of being we discussed the pitfalls where 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 around stress and how it can manifest itself in the body and what we can do to prevent that so if you're someone struggling with exhaustion somebody struggling who is tired doesn't sleep well or maybe has some physical symptoms like chronic migraines fibromyalgia chronic fatigue, anything IBS, anything sort of chronic related, then this is going to be an amazing episode for you because we go into how stress manifests itself in the body and what we can do to prevent it. So enjoy. So welcome everybody. And on today's show, I have the beautiful Wendy. Now I met Wendy at a talk I was giving and I immediately connected with her. And as we spoke, uh, I felt that we there was definitely a lot of synergy in what we're up to. She does it from the health perspective, and obviously I do it from the mind, body, soul perspective. And when we got talking, we realized that 
her story was something that was really relatable in terms of the joy of being. So I thought I'd bring her on and say hello. And hello, Wendy. How are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. So to start off with, I'm curious, you know, you're an Arbonne now, you're an Arbonne, how would they call it? An Arbonne saleswoman, an Arbonne. (laughs) An Arbonne brand ambassador. And I'm just curious how, you know, what had you get on this journey of health? What was your story? So uh, I... I would say I've probably had quite that sort of typical journey that a lot of women have um, in that they, you know, go off to university or, you know, do an apprenticeship and get into a sort of a graduate type role. They work their way up the corporate ladder and then they just get to this point where they sort of sat there looking around them thinking, is this it? And I know for me, uh, at 29, I call it my midlife crisis that I had. I was sort of sat in my in my office in central London uh, on my laptop. I was working as a, as a marketing manager at the time for a fast-growing IT services company. And I just sort of looked around and thought, oh my goodness, am I going to be doing this for the rest of my life? And it just so happened that I was meeting up with a friend for lunch She was my mentor in the industry, very male dominated. So, you know, it's lovely to have a female mentor and we were having lunch and she was telling me about how she'd started a business with Arbonne. And I thought, well, why are you as a successful career woman selling lipstick? Because that was sort of my impression of what I thought something like Arbonne was about. But I trusted her implicitly. I did my due diligence, looked at the business information and recognized that this was a way that I could start a plan B without having loads of skills and knowledge and, you know, everything that you sort of typically feel like you need when you sort of go out on an entrepreneurial journey. And so it was a really sort of low risk way for me to initially dip my toe in the entrepreneurial world. So I started my business, worked it alongside my career for a few years, and it really gave me the confidence and the personal development and the mindset stuff, which I know we're very aligned on to actually think, you know what, I can do this. So resigned my city job, set up a market marketing services company alongside my Arbonne business and did that for a few years until such time as I went through a really grueling fertility journey to have my precious little miracle, as I call her, Jessie, who's nearly three years old. I can't believe how quickly time has gone. And literally when I was holding this miracle in my arms when she was born, I just thought to myself, you know what, this this is just everything to me now. And I no longer want to be sort of working those 60-hour weeks and actually, for me, Arbonne was always something that I could fit into the nooks and crannies of my life. So decided to wrap up my marketing business and focus solely on Arbonne. But that's sort of a, sort of a whistle-stop tour of, of how I came to, to be in Arbonne. But the health journey worked alongside it through sort of having crippling IBS and stress, sort of induced acne, you know, while I was working in the city to just feeling really unhealthy and not my best self. And so going on that journey and educating myself on nutrition and well-being and self-care that evolved then through my fertility journey that came in really useful as I was going through IVF and now today as a very busy mom of an active toddler so yeah i'm i'm that person who who does it who doesn't preach it but actually sort of lives that lifestyle and is just very real about it when you say you're real about it what does that mean to you it means warts and all. I, I'm the first one. If anyone, you know, to, had to follow me on Instagram and Insta Story, you'd see that I very much wear my heart on my sleeve. I very much share sort of my my pains, my successes, and and just the fact that you know 
it's 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 not about putting on this perfect show it's just about being you and being real with it so I'm very much about inspiring women to just live their best life whatever that looks like for them and so for me it's just really sharing the ins and outs of my day-to-day and how I go about incorporating sort of what my business is what my brand is as part of my a part of my everyday life. So what have been some of your bigger insights into into being a mom and having a business? Oh, <laughs> that's a big yeah, question. Making, <laughs> sure, making sure that your health is your number one priority. So one thing that I'm, I think a lot of your audience will relate to is that being a mother will expose all the things that you perhaps don't necessarily like about yourself um, because obviously testing you to the limit of a lack of sleep and all sorts of things. And, and being a business owner too, I mean, I always say to people, 95% of running a business is in, in your head. It's a head game. It's a mindset. And so I think the two of those coming together has been such an interesting journey for me. And I don't get it right all the time, but I firmly believe that, you know, just showing up and willing to always be coachable, always be learning, always be sort of willing to fail forward. That has been, you know, as a mother and as a business owner, those have been sort of my biggest insights. And also just the fact that it's progress over perfection, because as a recovering perfect Titus holic person (laughs) who, you know, had to have all her ducks in a row, again, as a business owner, and especially as a mother, that's not always going to be the case. So I had to, le- to learn to get over that, you know, perfect titus. That's interesting to me. Tell me more about that. Like, what have you seen in terms of going from this being I'm a perfectionist to, to I just want to share and get things done and mm-hmm. empower women with their health through the products that I, that I sell? So for me, I think it's always been a case, my my new mantra nowadays is very much, you know, done is better than perfect. And I think, you know, when you are that mother who's busy and has having her attention distracted in a million different ways, you just get really good about saying, you know what, if I think of something, I'm just going to do it now. Or actually, I'm with my little girl now and we're having mummy daughter time and I'm going to put my phone away and just be fully present in the moment. That's something that's really important to me. But certainly, you know, we were chatting earlier, Marina and I, about, you know, the summer holidays that have just been and gone in the UK. And that was certainly an interesting one for me because there's me and this businesswoman with all my grand ideas about all the things I'm going to achieve in August and all the things I'm going to do, you know, not factoring in the fact that my three-year-old was going to decide to drop her naps, that, you know, she was now going to want mommy to do everything with her. And so just that internal struggle of, you know, I have my plans, but your child has their plans and how you get the balance between that and actually just giving yourself permission to say, you know what, you only get 18 summers with your kids. So embrace that step back. That work is going to get done ultimately, but this is where you need to be right now. Well, that's really interesting because um, I, when I obviously had Leo during the summer as well. And you know, was attempting to get things done. And one of the things that I've realized is that actually, you know, insight and wisdom usually comes when you're not actually thinking about the thing that you're supposed to be doing. Oh, yes. 100%. And 
I don't know about you, but I have often had my best ideas when I'm not actually focusing on the thing at hand. Absolutely. Um, This was a bit of an epiphany for me because I kept thinking, oh my God, this is such a waste of my precious business time. (laughs) But actually realizing realizing that, um, that actually the, the, the precious time, not only as with my son, but, but also that actually by just being with him and not focusing on business or clients or whatever, that actually I have some really good ideas that show up without much effort. And so I got to see that it's all but one of the same. It's not like, Mm -hmm. um, it's my reflection and downtime that's really valuable to me because often we can get into this place of doing, doing, doing and driving, yes. driving, driving and striving, striving, striving. But what I found is, is that energy is useful, um, but not necessarily sustainable. Mm-hmm. And having Leo has made me realize that actually it's a wonderful way to balance that in some way, shape or form, especially if you are, like me, a bit of an overachiever or <laughs> a perfectionist. I don't know what you're talking about. That's no, definitely no, not me. <laughs> I don't know. So, you know, have you seen that to be true for you? Oh, 100%. And I think my only challenge is that I do get these grand epiphanies while I'm literally pushing Jesse on a swing. And then it's that sort of scramble to kind of grab my phone out my back pocket to kind of jot that down in the notes on my phone so it doesn't leave my brain. I think that's that's the only sort of challenge. But you're so right. It's often just in those quiet times of reflection. And I, it's funny because on a Saturday morning, I'm very fortunate that uh, my husband is a, is a really great hands-on dad and he's always you know really happy to spend loads of time quality time with Jesse and so on a Saturday morning he tends to sort of get up early with her and sort of take her downstairs and they prance around the lounge singing Frozen and all sorts of things but I I sort of have a CEO date with myself as I call it where every Saturday morning with a cup of coffee in my bed I just sit I do some meditation I do some journaling I write some notes and just take that time to be still and that's often where I get my biggest clarity in moments of ah you know like the ideas keep you know flow through but yes it's often in those sort of mundane active well you say mundane but they're wonderful you know bouncing on the trampoline or whatever it is that you get those fantastic ideas as I say the challenge is just noting them down before you forget <laughs> hmm. Well, if that's the only challenge, then then well, then very much welcomed. Um, so, with regards to your sort of journey in terms of your health, um, you know, what have you seen, especially with regards to what you 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 sell and what you're, you know, uh, with the products that you have? Mm-hmm. I'm curious about that. Okay, well. Just just to sort of put people in the picture if they haven't necessarily heard of the brands of Arbon before. So Arbon is a vegan, cruelty-free, no nasties, toxins and parabens brand that's been around for we're celebrating our 40th anniversary next year. But it was something I hadn't heard of until someone told me about it because it's not something you can buy on the high street, it's all online, etc. So for me, I first came to sort of I suppose starting out on my journey to health through skincare because I struggled with acne in my teens and was always sort of trying all the lotions and potions under the sun. Little did I know at the time about gut health and how what's going on in your gut is manifesting on your skin and all that sort of thing. 
But for me, it was really when my mom became ill with breast cancer that I had my first sort of come to Jesus moment, as I call it, where I really thought, wow. And when I was doing my research and understanding more about cancer and, you know, learning about, you know, it's not often genetic cancers, it's lifestyle induced and what that looks like. I really started to take stock about where I was in my life. And I was playing fast and loose with my health because working in London, I was, you know, burning the candle at both ends. I was out late. I was up early. I was, you know, probably drinking too much. I was eating processed food and I just generally wasn't looking after myself. So I found myself in my twenties with really bad irritable bowel syndrome, uh, really inflamed and bloated. If you sort of anyone could see a before and after picture, you'd be shocked and just really didn't like how I was feeling in myself. And I, tr- I was trying all the different diets and all sorts of things. So for me, when I actually started to educate myself about what good nutrition looked like and self-care, and I think that the self-care part is, is the most important that I wanted to emphasize because, you know, if, one of the, the main things I do as part of my album business is coaching people through our 30 days to healthy living and beyond plan, which is all a program around resetting the system, helping your body uh, heal your gut, uh, really gain more energy, more focus, more clarity. Because the thing I hear from the most from, from, the, from the people that I help, particularly women, is that they're just knackered. Hmm. Like people are just knackered nowadays. I mean, the mental energy that, you know, I mean, Marina, I know that you know this with the women that you help, just the absolute burnout with constantly having to be busy and being pulled in a million different directions. And what inevitably happens with us women, especially us mums, is we put everyone ahead of ourselves and we can get ourselves into a state where we're not our best selves. We don't have the energy to deal with our busy lives. So I... I'm just making it my absolute mission to basically help people get their energy back, get their groove back. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. I'm doing a mind-body-brain connection course at the moment. And one of the things that I've really heard throughout the course is how chronic stress can actually bring on a whole bunch of symptoms. Oh, my goodness, yes. But how that's the body's way of, of, of just communicating with us that we need to actually do something about it. And the problem is, yeah, sorry. No, it's fine. And, and, and just the exhaustion isn't always necessarily the physical side. Mm-hmm. I found that when I was the most exhausted, a lot of it had to do with the amount of energy expended in terms of worrying, um, yes. in terms Headspace. of guilting, in terms of uh, fearing, in terms of shaming and I mean like whole bunch oh gosh shoulding all over ourselves I should do this I should do that yeah all of that headspace nowadays people are just I mean never in the history of the world and we we are really that first mum's generation I feel that has been chronically bombarded I mean it's not to say that our parents generation didn't have working mums but we've now got all of the technology, all of the, you know, constantly accessible social media, you know, all that worry for our children as well, everything that comes with that, the constant pace, our bodies just aren't designed to deal with that. So we just sort of bury it. We keep going. We keep functioning. We rely on caffeine and alcohol and sugar and all these things. And, you know, just to basically cope and get through the day. And then what 
that does to our bodies is it massively depletes and affects our gut health. And when you consider that most of your immunity and your health and well-being is contained within your gut, when that becomes inflamed, when that becomes acidic and that becomes overloaded, that starts to massively affect your serotonin, which is your happy hormone, and it just has this whole physiological knock-on effect. So I speak to so many women nowadays who are struggling with anxiety, who, mm. you know, are, are struggling with, with mild depression or even serious depression, and actually so much of it can be traced back to stress. Mm. But then it's, it's lifestyle that's induced that stress. So it's because of their stress, you know, turning to things that are not good for them, right. just to cope, et cetera. And it's just, it's just this, you know, vicious circle that goes round and round and round. Yeah, I mean, it's the chicken and the egg, right? So Totally, totally. And yeah. what I don't ever want to be is that woman going, oh, you, you know, you need to, like, I just want to, I want to punch women like that in the face because I just think, well, you don't know my circumstances. You don't know my life. You don't understand. So what I really want to empower women to be able to do on the health side of things is truly appreciate what connection with their body looks like. And what feeling healthy in themselves looks like. And it's not about being skinny or being a gym bunny or anything like that, but it's just about wellness in yourself. It's about having the energy to to deal with life as it is today, to deal with motherhood, to deal with working, to deal with being a wife and a partner and, a, and whatever else you've got going on. And so, yeah, just really meeting people at that need. Yeah, I really hear that. And I think there's there's a lot of education now that's that's kind of being um that we have our we have access to which maybe wasn't there before but you know it's so crazy that we're not taught this in schools because oh my goodness yes we're taught how to make what was I taught in home economics I was taught how to make a white sauce I was taught how to make a pizza I was taught how to sew I was taught how to read can labels were you taught that was that just me in South Africa oh I don't know I can't remember that part. <laughs> really but, stuff. but you know no one teaches us about life's physiological stress impact on our system and how that's making us so unhealthy and it it really it, it makes me both sad and angry at the same time when I I hear how many women are struggling and you know, even nowadays children as well are coming out with skin conditions like eczema or struggling with anxiety, low-level anxiety, whatever it is. And absolutely all of it, all of it comes back to how they're looking after their gut and their bodies and their, and their well-being. And, but I love seeing now how there's so much education around meditation for children and positive affirmations and helping children sort of deal with those anxieties. But I still think women are still putting themselves to the sides and thinking I'll just take care of everyone else first and I'll, and I'll get around to sorting myself out. It'll be fun. Mm. And, and playing fast and loose with their health. And, you know, as I, as I approach the big four zero in a few years and, you know, and have friends who are sort of in their forties and fifties, it just pains me and makes me so sad. And, you know, I actually lost my best friend to cancer. She was 43. She died coming up for two years ago now. And for me, that was just devastating to see how sick and ill she'd become. And I just, 
you know, there's that part of me. I mean, ironically, you know, when she turned 40, she was like, right, I'm going to get fit and healthy and look after myself. And she went on this massive health kick, but all too little too late because sadly a year later she was diagnosed. Yeah, it's so interesting. I I recently um, heard, or at least as I said, I'm doing this course, uh, that people who actually don't are not stressed or do not experience chronic stress, right? Mm-hmm. They actually um, have a different physiology than people that mm-hmm. that do. I can believe that. Yeah. And so, you know, stress actually, um, as you know, I guess, that it um, turns hormones off, it deregulates mm-hmm. the biochemicals in the body, then they turn different hormones off, therefore... Um, not hormones sorry genes and then those genetic mutations start to sort of 100 yeah and it and it's the problem is prolific nowadays more so than even the stress factor that we need to we need to again a big thing that I educate women on is is actually looking at the environment that they're in because unfortunately and 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 also fortunately we're very lucky in the EU that we have such high regulations around you know chemical ingredients and things that can go into the products and and chem, and cleaning products and things that we use in our homes and you know air fresheners and all these type of things but many of those ingredients are known to be endocrine disrupting and endocrine is your hormonal system and your hormones basically control everything in the body as you know marina um and when we overload the body through stress and through you know toxicity in the environment the products we might be using the ingredients the food we eat you know everything that the environment that we're in pollution stress all of those things build up in our systems and everybody has a different tipping point. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I've been reading a, a fascinating book by Suzanne Summers, who I remember from being on TV. So I, yeah, I didn't, you know, hadn't appreciated how prolific she's become in terms of the space and health education, but I'm reading an amazing book called toxic mm-hmm. at the moment. And just talking about that toxic buildup in people and how it's making us all so chronically sick nowadays. And so, again, it's, it's you know, a lot about us thinking about the small changes that we can make in our life. I mean, let's be honest, stress isn't going to go away. We're not all suddenly going to lose our smartphones and move to the mountains and, you know, be all zen and meditate 10 hours a day. That's not going to happen. But it's about giving people, and this is obviously where your course is so beneficial, it's giving people those coping mechanisms Hmm. And that permission to take the time to look after themselves because it is so crucial in order to live long lives and to be there for our kids as as they grow up. Yeah, totally. And um, it it's so interesting, isn't it? Because um, I often speak to mums who say that um, doing something like taking care of themselves is a, is an indulgence. Um, <sighs> and then I'm like, well. Well, actually, what's the problem with that? Like, even if it is an indulgence and that's the way you see it, so what, right? Mm. Surely don't you want to indulge in yourself? And there's this really weird consciousness around. I I just don't know where we got it from as women because I'm even guilty of it sometimes where I'll think, oh, no, I shouldn't 
I shouldn't sort of, maybe I should go downstairs on a Saturday morning and join in with the frozen antics in our living room rather than sit up in my bed and meditate and have that time for me because how selfish am I? You know, and those voices go round in your head. We, again, it's the shoulding all over yourself. I should do this. I should do that. I shouldn't take time for myself because of all those things. But I just don't know where it became so endemic in society that women felt that way because I don't know a lot of men who feel guilty about their priorities and putting themselves first. That, that, you know, could be quite a gross generalization. But, you know, I just look at my husband. He's so balanced in his view of, you know, taking time for him, taking time for the family. And so I often look at him and watch him and think, I need to be more like you. Because he's super chilled. He, I re- he is one of those people, by the way, that you spoke about who has like a different genetic makeup because <laughs> he's the least stressed person I know. So, yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? But also from a perspective of, um, you know, as I was just before your call, um, I have been, I've been seeing a kinesiologist for the last two years. And, oh, wonderful. Um, one of the things that I really realised was, two years ago was that I really needed to just take care of this body that I live in. Right. So mm-hmm. a bit of a hit and in doing so it's been like really amazing. Cause this session, um, like she was attempting to find things that were wrong. Right. So mm-hmm. usually there would be something really, really obvious, but this time there wasn't. And I said, my energy levels are back. Um, fantastic. Um, I'm not working as hard, but it seems to me that I have more traction than ever. And I'm just... You're in, you're in flow. I'm asking for support. And I think that that's a really big thing. I used to want to do things all on my own, like, you know, and... and yes. As far as I can tell, that's like the, the most difficult road to go on. But often we forget that we can actually ask for help, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and I, we're terrible for that as women. I don't know why. What's that about? What is that about? I know. I think certainly for me, I've, I've, I grew up as an early child and I have always been wise beyond my years. And I've always sort of assumed a very independent role in my life. And I moved to the UK when I was just 23, didn't have anything but two suitcases and 500 pounds in my back pocket. And so I've always been fiercely independent. And I suppose for me, I just, for some reason, had it in my head that if I ever asked for help, that was a sign of weakness. And I think maybe because women have always felt sort of maybe of that sort of lesser sex and perhaps, you know, now you just see women taking their power so much in this world. And I love it. I just love, you know, celebrated women who are just totally owning their power you know people like Oprah people like you know Marie Forleo Brené Brown all these incredible women who are just owning it Mm. and yeah 100% having I've got a lot better at asking for help I definitely have but even in having my little girl in a country where my mom wasn't here to help I I struggled with that and I remember if I can indulge you, I remember standing. I was I was actually standing in church one morning, feeling very sorry for myself. I think Jesse was about four months old, and I was literally on my knees. I was exhausted. We'd hit sleep regression. 
Um, I was trying to keep my business going, you know, everything. I just, I was just feeling overwhelmed. And if one more person had given me a platitude, I probably would have punched them in the face at that point. But um, I remember just sitting there like feeling so just, yeah, absolutely at such a low point and just literally saying the silent prayer of like, God, help me, please help me. And as I sort of, as the service finished and I sort of turned around and my husband was chatting to this lady behind me and I was like, Oh, who's that? I've not seen her before and got chatting. Oh, hi, how are you? And you know, what do you do? Da, 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 da. And um, so I'm, I'm actually a childminder. And I was like, Oh, and she actually lived in our road. And it was like literally this gift of, and I said to her, I know this is going to sound really strange, but I don't suppose you'd be open to, perhaps helping me out for a couple of hours, a couple of times a week, just so I can get a wash in, (laughs) you know, just brush my hair um, and help me out. And, um, you know, next minute she was around my house and we were signing the agreement and she actually became a really significant, I call her Jessie's second mom. And that's my incredible childminder, Tanya, because she became that support that I needed, just that extra few hours, you know, and her greatest joy, she said to me, was being able to enable women to be able to live their lives, carry on with their careers and, and support them in that. Beautiful. It's just incredible. So, yeah, she's she's a huge part of our lives. And But the guilt I felt, like, oh, you know, what a bad mum am I that, you know, I'm sending Jessie to a chartminder for a few hours a week and she's only four months old. But actually then I had to reconcile in my brain that no, I didn't have a mom who could stop by and relieve me for a couple of hours or somebody else nearby that could do that for me. And she was that person, but it was just getting, getting over that and and just getting my head around that. And after I did, you know, I became a happier person. My business took off and, and Jessie was a happy little soul. Yeah. To me, it's more about where love comes from. So, you know, Leo now is in the States, for example, and he's got, he's got a new mom. And um, I just, the more people that love our kids, I think they they can sense that they can get the love, not just from their parents, but from others. Um, oh, 100%. I am yeah. so big about that. I just think, you know, the more that Jessie knows and grows up with knowing that she's got this amazing support network of people that love her around her, the better. I don't have to be, I mean, I know I'm, I know I am the number one, let's be honest, but, you know... <laughs> But, you know, deep down, I, you know, I, I love the fact because I, you know, there's always that thought in the back of my head, you know, what if something were to happen to me? Will she have that network around her of support? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I'm really mindful that our time is up. My dear. I know, I know. And that was quite. Yeah. Go so quick. I know. Right. Um. So if somebody wants to contact you uh, because they're curious about Arbonne and what you have to offer, how can they do that? So best way to do that is to jump onto my website, wendygriffith.co.uk. So that's Griffith without an S on the end, the amount of people who do put an S on the end. Um, But that's wendygriffith.co.uk. And also find me on Facebook. And I love hanging out on Instagram. It's my favorite. And I do love a good Insta story. So you can follow along with uh, my daily antics. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing the space and so much for your insightful journey 
around health, mom, motherhood, work. Um, and yeah, I hope everybody that's been listening in got as much value as, out of it as I did. And so until oh, And thank you so much, Maroon. And thank you for everything that you do and for this community and space that you create for mums like me to just have permission to be. Welcome. <laughs> thank you so much. All right, my love. And yeah, until the next time, bye-bye for now. So this week, I wanted to share that I'm launching an amazing course called Manifesting Miracles 2020, the beautiful Ian Watson. After realizing that manifesting was a really hot topic from the amount of downloads that we got from how to manifest anything that you want on this series, we decided to club together and use our 34 years of experience to create a six-week on-live course for you to create one thing that you want to bring into your life. So anything from relationship to money to client, anything that you have thought to be totally impossible to create in your life, then we're going to give you the space to be able to do that. Now, who's it for? Well, it's for you if you've been striving and struggling to make that one thing happen. We're also going to get you clarity on what that is for you. Plus, by the end of the course, you would have manifested something of your heart's desires that you might have thought that was totally and utterly bonkers crazy that you never thought you'd be able to do so if this sounds like something that you're interested in and even you know if you've read my book you'll know that there's a chapter dedicated towards this and you want to be able to manifest and make 2020 that miraculous year for you then join me and ian if that sounds like something you want to be part of then email me at marina at marinapearson.com putting the subject line manifesting miracles and then in the body just ask me for more info and we'll take it from there hope to see you soon and there we have it another amazing episode of the joy of being until the next time remember you are the joy you seek